Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, people? You know that sound of the unfiltered bam. It's yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way right here, right now. Officially, this will go down as episode number 236. You could jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution 24-7, 365. It is simple. Get over to the Twitter, or the artist formerly known as Exit, you will. Get up at Casey Stern into the bio, and you can follow all of the conversation, the comments, the content. Get onto the YouTube channel, subscribe. Please hit the thumbs up, like, and share with your friends. And, of course, where most of our friends are, listen to the program, Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you get your podcast. Speaking of being friendly, thank you to the Unfiltered Band. And Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays wherever you are, whenever this may be. That this is finding you as I get in here to a little close of the year on uh, UFC side of things. Stepping away from baseball for this one again. Looking ahead to some of my expectations, predictions for UFC 300. Looking back at 296 and much, much more. You can always comment along the way. Get into the conversation either on Twitter or in the YouTube comments. As always, we're here in large part. Thanks to our good friends at Bet Online. They're your number one source for all your sports betting needs this holiday season. Latest odds, lines, matchup reports, baseball, basketball, boxing, golf, whatever you got, they've got it. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to get all your wagers, live betting, favorite casino and card games. They're all available right now, right from your phone. Head over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today. Get in on all the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE. It's B-L-E-A-V. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And excuse the voice, which hopefully will hold up. And if your parents know, your kids get a cold, and you sit there and you're like, there's no way I'm going to get it. I, I'm I'm washing all the sheets. I'm washing the blankets. I'm, I'm making sure you use something on your mouth. We're washing it three times. I'm not going anywhere near that. No, I'm going to make sure... That that I stay away somehow. You now take some airborne, whatever your 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 you know uh, processes are. And you sit there and as a parent, you're like, "There's no way I'm not getting sick this time." And then of course, this time it like delayed a couple of days. I was like, "I made it." And then the second that I thought that, I woke up the next day and I had it. So this is what happened, especially during the holiday season where you live down where I am here in Atlanta. It's like 30 degrees in the morning and then it's 60 degrees in the afternoon. So everybody and their mother's sick. So hopefully you're healthy on this holiday season. Best to all of you. Let's get delving right into this. I want to look back before I look forward and give you kind of some of my takes here on UFC 300 and some predictions, which could be very wrong. But before they get out about where I think this is going. Let's go backwards. And a lot of it's circumstance driven and some of it from UFC 296. Colby Covington is a jackass. The guy is playing a character that he's not, based on all accounts and everybody that you hear. He's a nice person. He's a good guy. Nobody cared years ago. He has a wrestling style that he wasn't knocking anybody out. You combine that with the fact he wasn't saying much. And he was watching all of those around him, including all of those that he knew, <clears throat> the John Joneses of the world, the, the George Masvidal's, all the guys he had relationships with at one point or another all become bigger names because they had bigger stories to sell and he didn't have any. And then whether it was Chael specifically or whoever, or however, got in his head that he was going to become this WWE character. And it has made him a bigger star. It put him in a main event he did not belong anywhere near. Guy hadn't, 
sat in, and in been in an octagon in nearly two years. In March, it would have been two years since he was last in it. And he clearly was put in there in large part or some part because he had backing from Dana White, whether it was related to his relationship with Trump or not. And because they wanted to have somebody that could be a foil to Leon because Leon can't sell pay-per-views by himself. And, you know, we'll get to Leon in a second. I'm not saying that's necessarily makes him a bad guy, but it is in some ways his fault, which we'll get into. But all of that put Colby in that spot. And, you know, for most of the regurgitated lines, and you can go and watch 17 Colby interviews, <clears throat> and if you watch any of these runs before he gets into a fight, they are all the same lines that he has practiced, and he's putting them all out into the same interviews, and most of them are stale, and they're stupid, but at the same time, they're not over the edge. They're not over the line. What he did with Leon was. Now, do I think the UFC should get in there and say, well, you can't do it? and tell them they're not allowed to do things like that. You can't do that. This is fighting. This is prize fighting. This is this is not Major League Baseball. This is not, you know, this is bad for PR if you're doing this at an NBA game in a halftime, you know, uh, interview. This, this, is, this is fighting. You can't tell them they can't do it, but he clearly should not have done it. And it put him on ice, even with his own fan base. That combined with his performance which now we're going to sit there and attribute after the fact that it's because he broke his foot or whatever. But at the end of the day, as much as I hate when we get the excuses inside the octagon, if that was really what had happened, I'd rather hear it then. He said he never said anything to his corner in the uh, Bet David podcast he did. He said he never did anything or told anyone in his corner because he didn't want uh, Leon to find out because it came over TV and somebody told him in between rounds. Really, was that... How is that going to make it any worse? Leon wasn't afraid of you. He tried to take and get down and did and took you to the ground to the place he's not supposed to go. Clearly, there wasn't going to be an issue. Clearly, he wasn't afraid. So I don't know what the hell you were thinking that like, yeah, please, I don't even want to hear it. So whatever you know, this was, this idea that he came up with, including right after you know the fight when he lost in the press, they're talking about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So yeah. You don't you don't think a, sh a Shavkat match makes sense for you. You mean you know he'll kick the crap out of you. So now you're picking on somebody who has no ground game. Clearly, we just saw what happens in fights where he gets taken down, just like we saw against Bilal, just like we saw against Gilbert Burns. Like we know is the M.O. with Wonderboy Thompson, and he's 40-plus years old. I mean, you got to be shitting me. What a joke. But what he did with Leon, put him on ice even with his own fans. He went over the line, and the guy is a jackass. He's never going to fight for a title again. He doesn't belong fighting for a title again. And I think that Leon, and who knows, we're not in his head, but I think Leon's ability to manage distance and Leon's ability to put him just out of range and Colby realizing that he didn't even know how to get in on this guy in the first couple rounds combined with the fact that I think Colby's one of those guys that look, you ever have a situation where you're in school and you say something you're not supposed to say, and you're trying to impress like, you know, friends or, you know, uh, a girl who knows what it is. Like when you're sitting there like an elementary school and I had these times where like you go a little bit too far and you know, you shouldn't have done it. And immediately you feel just unbelievably bad and there's a guilt and there's that like embarrassment because you know you shouldn't have done it. That's exactly what it looked like to me. And I think that 
That is what he took into that cage. And I think that is what made him feel worse. And I think that kind of he put himself in a corner. Baby put baby in a corner in this case and Colby. Let's get to Leon. Leon is a terrific striker. He's a well-rounded fighter. He is the best in the weight class right now until Shavkat takes it from him if he does. And I don't think Bilal will. I think Bilal deserves to, to get that next shot. I don't think Bilal's going to get the next shot, which I'll get to in a second. I don't think he's going to. And we saw signs of that clearly when you think of the fact that you know he weighs in as the backup, and then you got Dana in the presser, Dana White not even willing to go that far to say that Bilal was getting the next shot. That certainly gives you pause. And Bilal is doing everything he can. He's he pushing overboard right now. <clears throat> Excuse me, out in the public eye, out on the internet, out in social media, out in interviews, doing the best he can, trying to push that he's that dude. I don't think he's going to get the next shot. I don't. I think Bilal will get the next shot of the contenders at welterweight. Tease. We'll get to that in a second. But Leon is partially to blame for his own problem right now of why they had to put Colby in there in that spot. Because it, Leon, who took forever to get an opportunity, Leon, who has a great story of, like, they, they, they left me in the shitter and didn't pay any attention to me after I was winning all these fights. I'm on, like, a run that's, that's ridiculous with 12 fights, eight years, and all these different things. But it took forever to get there. Nobody respected me. But Bilal got the same story. And even if it's not great self of the UFC, Leon should be in there saying, I'll fight anyone, whoever the hell they put up. If they think Bilal's the next guy, I'll fight Bilal. He's talking about the fact that Bilal is boring and the least intimidating guy and all this other kind of stuff. When you downplay and you, you no-sell your opponents, then when you face them, he's going to, and you beat them, which I think he's going to, now I can turn around and say, well, I really shouldn't give a shit because you told me you'd just beat somebody who's not intimidating and is terrible. You're supposed to build up your opponent. It doesn't make any sense to me why he's doing that, and he's hurting himself, and he needs some help with the PR side. You don't got to be the most exciting guy. You got a great story. I mean, the headshot bang and the, you, you, do you like me now? You know, you know, look at me now and all of that. I mean, it's, it, it gives you goosebumps, right? But I don't get it. Curious your thoughts in the comments on where you sit with all of that. But it has led me partially towards, and I, I'm not going to go through a whole 296. It's already, you know, I'm not going to give you a, Tony should retire, which he should, and some of the other stuff that's gone on there. But I want to take this right into where I am on 300. We've already got certain fights announced. I love the Aljo, and I'm a Long Islander. Calvin Cater, curious to see that. If he beats Cater, then maybe gets to, I, I think if Aljo beats Cater, he has a chance to battle <clears throat> perhaps the winner of Yair and Ortega and maybe get into a number one contender spot for the title. He's got a shot if Yair wins, who Volk just waxed. He's got a chance to, if it's impressive, Volk maybe right into that spot, into being that next up. We'll see. I like the Bo Nichols back on 300. That's great. Let's talk about what I expect <clears throat> might go down at UFC 300 based on some of what we're seeing. Let's give some of the facts. You got Islam Makachev who says, basically, I'm tired of fighting Charles Oliveira. Oliveira, who, even though he's very beloved and the UFC loves him, 
you know, I, you know, I don't know why you're sparring like five minutes before you're getting on a plane, but had to back out of the last fight. Islam don't want to go there right now. He kind of underselling the fight. That That is not, to me, a main event of a 300 because we already knew that was a, a fight that could have happened. Now, you could main event Islam and Gaethje at 300 if you wanted to, but please hold. You've got an Islam who is now shouting out publicly and going after Leon saying he wants that belt. Nothing happens by accident in the UFC. There are birdies put in different people's ears behind the scenes. They understand what the thoughts are of the UFC, and they know more than we do. And I don't think it's by accident that you're starting to see, now Sugar Sean O'Malley jumps in, Islam and, and Leon, we're starting, okay, we're bumping up, we're bumping up, we're bumping up. Now remember, bring back in, no selling Bilal, Shavkat's got an injury and a not ready anyway, and probably got one more fight when he comes back. And I think you might see Shavkat fight Bilal, which could drive Bilal nuts, but we'll see. Take all of these factors, and I don't know what's going to happen with the McGregor, so I don't want to tell you it's going to be the headline, because if McGregor is fighting Chandler at 300, that's the headliner. If they hold that off until International Fight Week, <clears throat> that's the headliner in International Fight Week, wherever that's going to be. And McGregor seems to want to fight, so I don't know what the hell is really going on with that other than waiting out the USADA thing, but regardless, Chandler and McGregor getting in somewhere. So if that is on this card... That's going to be the main event of this card. And this is going to be a deep card. And the UFC is sitting there thinking, forget about 100 and 200. Now where we are, we're hotter than ever. We're on more fire than we've ever been. We're going to build this to a place we've never gone. And they are going to make this a crazy card. Like, I think Aljo and Cater are probably going to be on the prelims. Like, we're, we're getting, this going to be a nuts card. Nutso card. You, you got Nate Diaz talking about he wants to come back at 300. You got nobody to fight. If Dustin Poirier was willing to fight him, I think that gets done at 300. And Dustin's already come out and said, let's do it at five rounds. But I think Leon Edwards is going to defend the welterweight title against Islam Makachev. Now, look, I hate the double belts. <clears throat> we have gone too crazy with this. Islam needs to defend in his own spot. Why is a guy who is a, a, a you know pound for pound right now best in the world, but a guy who is a lightweight in maybe the deepest division there is with more guys who are willing and more guys who are deserving than there ever are, why is this guy sitting there defending against Volk out of his division and now going up out of his division? I don't understand it. But here is the wrinkle that's got thrown in. Gaethje can get the next shot, right? And Islam does not have to fight Gaethje next. Why? Because if Islam jumps up a division, then Gaethje still can be the next guy. And I think that's where the UFC would like to go. They could turn that back around. This is in April, May, June, July. And at International Fight Week, I think you're getting Islam and Gaethje. But I think Islam and Gaethje are going to be in the two co-headlining events of UFC 300 if we say Sands McGregor. I think Islam is going to go up and he is going to be the one who Leon is going to turn around and defend his belt again, because I think they, I'm not saying they want to take it from Leon or treat him like Aljo necessarily, but I think they like Islam as a foil and, and they like Islam and building this Khabib thing about him, you know, being maybe you know, one of the greats of all time and kind of chase down that legacy. And I think Leon's going to defend the welterweight strap against Islam Makachev and the co on the same exact night. And I think they will announce. So let me kind of backtrack. I think you will hear Dana say that Gaethje is getting the next shot at the title against Islam, but they're putting Islam and Gaethje not against each other, 
But on the same day, which keeps them on the same schedule. Now, look, one of them gets injured. This could screw this whole thing up. But I think you're going to see Justin Gaethje defend the BMF title against Max Holloway, who I know he doesn't want to fight, but Max wants to fight. Max is a huge name. They want to come up with super fights. That's two super fights. You got two of the most fan-friendly guys that have ever been in the UFC, and Gaethje and Holloway for a BMF belt, where Max, what is he going to do right now? I mean, look, if Taporia beats Volk, then Max can be next and probably would be. But if Volk wins, forget it. But you get Max up a weight division because you just want a UFC 300. You really care about fun fights. You put Islam and Gaethje on the same night. You announce, hey, Gaethje's next. That's going to be the next fight. Sorry, Oliveira. We'll figure it out. Maybe you get a rematch against Poirier. I don't know where you go with, with Charles. But regardless, I think you're going to get Gaethje, who is a guy you want up on that bill for 300, considering the fan favorite he is, defends the BMF title against Max Holloway in the co-main event. And the main event is the guy he's fighting next, Islam. So you see him on the same night. They could talk crap to each other. Think about that presser where they know they're fighting each other next and all of that. And Islam's going for a second belt. And I think you're getting Leon and Islam. I think you're getting Gaethje and Holloway. And I, I, I think you're most likely going to get McGregor and Chandler. And I think those are going to be your three big events for UFC 300. What do you think is going to happen? How do you see it playing out as we lead ahead to April? And what's your take as you look back at the year on the UFC side in 2023? And obviously, all the baseball, all the SPORTS across the board, which we talk here on Unfiltered. You can bring all your comments 24-7. Jump on a Twitter, Artos formerly known as, X if you will, at Casey Stern, up into the bio, get to the YouTube channel. And thank you for all of you who are listening on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Happy New Year to you and your families. All the best. And make sure, please, more than anything else, with all the gifts that you're putting under trees, realize and remember the greatest gift of all is cherishing the time that you have with the ones that you love. Because when that time is gone, you won't know till it's too late. And you never want to have any regrets. So enjoy and cherish those moments while you have them. Be well. We'll see you next time on Unfiltered, presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.